<laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me as always is my absolutely fantastic co-host, Waylon Davis. Hey, and, as, and as you can see, if you're watching the video, we sometimes we'll have one guest. We've had two guests once. Right now we have three guests, but because this is a very, very special episode that we have been talking about for actually a few months now, and we were finally able to get everything together, and it's now finally come to fruition. Uh-oh. And we're going to be talking about, uh, well, Black History Month. We were talking about really these two gentlemen here. We're, we're going to ask some questions about what they've seen as being uh, black professional wrestlers, you know, and just kind of going into history of things as well. Because Dwayne and I, we did what back in July, I think, Dwayne, July, August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did an yeah. episode, yeah, just on black male um, pro wrestlers, really black male world champions. Yeah. And so this is kind of an extension on that. And I do have to give credit because the original idea was actually my original co-host, Kyle, but we couldn't do it last year. And now he's no longer the co-host, but I am going to still give him credit for the idea, you know, so, uh, cause I thought it was a great idea then. We just couldn't pull it off. And now we're able to finally pull it off. So I'm very happy. So, um, so I just want to introduce, you know, kind of the order that I'm seeing kind of clockwise, Devin Graves out of, you're still out of Murray. Yes, sir. Still out of Murray, Kentucky. Boo. <laughs> okay. We're doing that. Okay. I want to boo. Okay. Uh, we okay. have Joe, Joe Pro James out of Cincinnati, part of the Northern Wrestling Federation, Whoa. which I got I am. I told you I was going to be repping. See? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? And Matthew Mims, also, also known as Mimsy, out of Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, ah, don't boo Tennessee. <laughs> and of course, you already know me and Jwaylen. And yeah, so today, Jwaylen and I are, we are definitely not uh, that important. We just want to no, focus no. on the three gentlemen right here we have yep. in front of us. Uh, so, Jwaylen, you want to start with a question? You want me to start with one of my questions? or? Uh, let me see. I'll start. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Because you sent me a list of questions. Um, I'm just, I'm curious as, you know, being, being black wrestlers, you know, was it, do you think it was harder to get into the business being, you know, being black? Uh, who goes for, I'll go first on that one. Um, (laughs) I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say depending on the well actually i won't even base it on your area i'm just going to say generally yes because based on my experiences a lot of the places i go to i'm perceived automatically as a bad guy and i'm really not like i'm not a bad guy like i'm pretty entertaining like you're gonna like me and even when i am playing a bad guy it's really hard to boo me. Like people will come up to me as like, I really like you. I don't want to boo you. I'm like, well, <laughs> you should like me because I'm cool. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of places they're you're just trying to deem you as a bad guy. And, and I don't understand why. That that's one of the things I've run into as a black wrestler is like you're dubbed a heel or some type of street character or something like that. Now, Joe. Um, what was the question one more time? Say that again. Uh, just as being 
was it, do you feel like that it was um, harder to get into the business being a black wrestler? Uh, nowadays, I would say no. Um, it's, it's definitely a lot easier with, with the modern times, but definitely back in the day, I would say it would be much tougher to get back and uh, get into wrestling business. Yes. Because, oh, yeah. you know, racism, yeah. racism ran very deep at the time and it still does, but it's not as bad, you know, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So uh, I, I would say in today's era, no. How about you, Mams? Yeah, I would say it's a it's a question where it gets kind of uh, an answer I'm used to giving everybody with everything. It depends. Honestly, for me, it's a yes and a no question. Breaking in uh, to the business, it can be a bit harder depending on your area and also depending on the kind of talent that you're trusting to take you under their wing, mm -hmm. to, to train you and to give you the right idea about the business and to kind of like mold your mind to where it's ready for the business. Uh, luckily with me and Devin, we had the right people in our corner and people who just wanted to see us succeed and kind of just when it comes to doing, when it comes to doing Indies, especially here in the South, cause I mean, you kind of know how it is. Yeah. Uh, that's where you can find the difficulty. Like he kind of touched on me. I've, uh, I either get put as a heel on the Indies because I'm usually larger than a lot of my other opponents and I can look more threatening, the long hair, the facial hair, anything like that. But even the people who train me, now that I'm in NWA, uh, the higher-ups there, they mostly just see me as one of those John Cena-type baby faces. And that's typically what I would probably gravitate towards. It's easier for me because I'm a natural baby face. Okay. Uh, so playing heel is something that I like doing. I do enjoy it. It's just that naturally I would go towards more of the baby face side and then me being the only black man on your roster for this mm -hmm. night for this particular indie nah bro you're heel and it's it's hard to it, it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of black guys who are good at being those those black heels that people want to see because hey this is the one guy on the roster that looks different than everybody else and and they think that automatically means if you're different you're a heel. There's guys like Luther X out here in Tennessee who's a fantastic heel, and that's Whoa. typically when he plays, and he plays that archetype for what they're looking for so much better than everybody else. It's kind of, I feel like I'm insulting him by playing a heel in a different part of the show than he is because he's going to do that job way better than I am, especially whenever gotcha. it's kind of, they kind of want one guy to play that or one group of guys to play that. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing it as much justice as he is because he knows what he's doing. Me, on the gotcha. other hand, again, I am the babyface guy. So trying to throw me into that role, eh, it does make it a bit harder. Oh, like, wow. I'll even chime in on it. I lost a booking because I don't play heel because of the area I was going to, they predominantly don't cheer for black babies. So I would have to go heal. And at the end of the day, they just like, you know what, we're just not even going to try it. Like, I mean, I appreciate it. They love my work, but they're just not going to try it. So it, it, I do run into situations like that. So I, I agree with Joe. In today's era, it's a lot easier now. But at the same time, like, we still run into issues. And also group memes, like, it's it's – also a regional thing too like there's no right or wrong answer it's more of like right. a yes and no and here's why um and actually something that mem said actually kind of perfectly segues into the next question that i had um 
in the past, there was a practice amongst some wrestling promoters to only have one black performer on the roster. Uh, and that actually surprised me the first time I heard that. I was like, what? Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but how would this have affected your own personal motivation if this abhorrent practice was still the norm? Uh, and have you experienced something like this even in modern times? Go ahead, Mims. Actually, you, since I segued off your oh, your answer okay. earlier, I thought we were still going in the in the nah. circular. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, honestly, whenever I hear this, the first thing I think of is kind of uh, it's where we come into women currently, and with women, how they're kind of booking only one women's match per show, or that's mm -hmm. a special attraction. I I can I can kind of understand where these parallels come from with with women's matches. It's just that there's not as many women in the business um, that people may want for a show. There may be there may be promoters are saying, hey, I want two or three women's matches per show or I want more than just that. I just want to be able to throw whatever whatever talent I can out there as long as they're good. I want to throw up the best talent. Uh, and that could kind of work the same way for, for black males. A lot of promotions I come into, especially here in Tennessee, I am the only black guy. It's not because there's not other good black wrestlers. It's just I'm the only one that happens to be here. Right. And so it's if it was because I do understand having that and it can be a benefit and also a detriment. Now, where it's a detriment is whenever the booker is saying, hey, I'm strategically only planning to have one black guy here. He's going to be healed. He's going to be hated. He's going against our good old boy over here. And he's going to beat the brakes off this young black man. Same thing with having just, you know, specifically one women's match. No, I don't want to have any other women on my show. Where it could be a benefit, and I'm playing a little bit of devil's, uh, devil's advocate here, is that, hey, you're the only one on the show. You're the one who stands out the most compared to everybody else. There's a bunch of different white guys or uh, Latino guys on this same show or, you know, women, just anybody else on the show. You're the only black guy here. You're the special attraction. You're the one that you can say, no, I came to see the black guy. That's, that's, that's where people can say that about you. Oh, the black guy stood out to me. There's not, it, it makes it so much easier for you to perform and kind of just be yourself when it's just you. It's also a little bit alienating and kind of a detriment because you feel, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a big guy, but I'll go to these shows where it's a, it's a sea of white people. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a locker room only filled with white guys. And sometimes that can make you nervous just in case, especially, especially if you're running heel, if you're running heel and you're in a certain part of town and you're nowhere near where you're from, yeah. and you're supposed to be riling up the crowd as much as possible and getting yourself some legitimate heat. You're wondering if you're going to make it to your car after this show. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you're having to rely <laughs> on the boys in the back who may be agreeing with some of these people here mm -hmm. on exactly how they feel about you. And you've got to trust that they're going to have your back and you're going to make it to your car and get out of this town. Right. And so it's, it's, it, that's, that's where it can be a detriment. And then, like I said, it, it can make it easier for you to work and, and have more creative ideas. And that's where it can be a benefit to me personally. It's been more of a benefit for me than a detriment. The detriment's only been that one situation I talked about, but I always had people in that locker room I could trust to make sure I make it out to my car. Right. So. Oh, wow. Um, Joe or Devin? Now, uh, what's crazy is me personally, I've never had that issue. Um, not too long ago, it was back in May of 2021, I was doing the uh, uh, 
a booking at uh, Jimmy Yang's uh, promotion out in Hamilton, Ohio. Jimmy Yang, uh, he used to be a WWE uh, star, WCW. Yep. Um, he was running the promotion out there, and I actually felt very, very comfortable in his promotion. Um, I had no issues there. I was the only black wrestler in the building, not only the wrestler, but the, everybody in the crowd. There was no um, African-Americans in the crowd. So I was literally the only black person there. And I, I felt very welcoming. I mean, the people in the back, they were very uh, polite to me. So uh, they, I, I was treated like a king there. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I, I, you know, the crowd was behind me too. So it was actually an awesome feeling. Um, but then again, it also depends on what territory you're in, what, what area you're in. So uh, it just all depends on the promotion you're going to. And, you know, if they make you feel uncomfortable there, then, yeah, you, it's going to be hard for you to work. But uh, me personally, yeah, never never had that issue. That's good. And um, I was actually there for about three months. Okay. Oh. And uh, I had an awesome time every every single time. Yeah. Uh, with me, um, I've had I haven't necessarily had like uncomfortable feelings, but I have been like the only black person in the locker room and slash or in the building completely. But I kind of use that as like motivation. I'm like, okay. I'm the only one here. I could be like the door to get more of us in this promotion. Like, okay, he's good. So let's, let's try and book some more people. Like, and let, let's make this promotion more diverse. I always like to look at it like, okay, let, let's, I can do, get off me cat. Anyway, I could try and do, <laughs> I know, right? I am alive. All right. I also rescue, rescue kittens. So, uh, you know, I, I just try and, uh, you know, look at it as like, you know, I could be like the, you know, the, the person that opened the door to get more people into that promotion. But honestly, heel or baby, as big as I am, ain't nobody going to try me. Like, don't, don't do it. Don't, 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 don't let the wrestling stuff fool you. Don't try us. Like, don't, don't try. Don't, don't try. Like, you want to try Mims walking to his car? Come on, man. That, that That's a legit wrestler in high school, man. You, no, come on. Come on. You, you don't do it, people. Don't don't do it. <laughs> if you hate the heels, just hate them in the show and just and leave them home. But you know, <laughs> I, I haven't ran into any of that. Yeah, I haven't ran into any like un truly uncomfortable situations. Now I have been scolded a little bit, but at the end of the day, they see my performance. Like look look away from my color. Like I'm a good performer. So mm-hmm. like I said, I try and look at it as like I am opening the door to get other people here. Cool. Uh, question. Uh, let me think. I had one. Um, okay, I have one. Um, I'm sure you all know the limited amount of black world champions there have been and are currently in wrestling. Do you feel that? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? It's like because Steve and I have talked about that. We even, you know, broke down the different, you know, black world champions throughout history and i mean what do you think of the fact that there's as people of you know as people of color as black wrestlers there's not there's still hasn't been a lot of representation at the top of the card nope how about you joe let you go first this time um i feel me personally i feel that has a lot to do with how over you are i don't really think it's a black issue um if you're a type of wrestler that has everything combined, you have the body, you have the charisma, um, the athleticism, the athleticism to go with that. I think that has a lot to do uh, 
with you getting over and becoming champion. Um, how however you are with the crowd, how much do they like you? Um, you know, I think that has a, a big part to do with that. Uh, can you put um, butts in seats? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, the promoter will look at that. If you can put butts in seats, I think that will have a lot to do with your, um, you know, coming up and be- becoming the champion. So, okay. yeah. Because if you look at The Rock, you know, yeah, he was a black wrestler, but he, you know, he drew money. Yeah. So yeah. that uh, that caused him to rise to the top very quickly. Um, I'll even say Ahmed Johnson, he rose to the top pretty quickly. Um, being intercontinental, uh, intercontinental champion, he put uh, butts in seats back in the, yeah. uh, the mid-90s yeah, for a little bit. Ahmed Johnson, he, a lot of people don't know that, but he, um, he drew money. Yeah. He was the uh, first ever black intercontinental champion. Uh, intercontinental champion. So, uh, you know, he had a short reign there, but um, yeah, he um, he had the look, you know, and, and fans loved him. Mm-hmm. So that had a lot to do with his push. So that's my opinion. The locker room didn't love him, but the fans did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They didn't care much for him backstage, but yeah, the fans loved yeah, him. Yeah, right, right. But the fans loved him, though. Yeah. 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 I think I'll take I'll tackle this. I think, you know, in that era, there really wasn't a lot of, you know, black wrestlers that will put butts in seats in like in that era. So I think it's going to change now because there's a lot more of a more black wrestlers now. So I really feel like you're going to start seeing more black champions. Uh, I think how many NWA black champions were there? I think only two. I think there's only two. One world champion. One, so it was our truth on killings. Yeah, it yeah. would be if yeah. if this would be a Billy decision if he wanted to. Uh, I don't really know. Like, I mean, obviously he owns the company, so I'm not sure exactly where he would want to go about this. If this would be a slippery slope or anything like that. But I mean, the thing with Bobo Brazil, where they kind of just erased that from history, they're like, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and give the belt the belt back, and then also, yeah, we're not gonna recognize this. I understand, given the time and the culture at that point of like hey let's let's play it a little safe here this this might be a little bit too radical for this time mm-hmm. uh, so that's where you would get your two world champions from yeah but yeah. um with no no dispute at all like a bully undisputed run the truth killings is the only black nwa world champion yeah or at least like um just least- just for nwa i mean if you count wcw as being a part of nwa you've got ron simmons who is your first black world champion period yeah you got um, you got Booker which T. Is- Oh well, yeah, Booker T. Also, uh, he's one of your one of your handful of black like world champions. There's there's a lot of them to look up to, uh, especially now. Uh, I'll I agree with what Joe was saying, where it's kind of it's kind of a game of how over you are if you can but put butts in seats, especially now uh, since there is a lot more representation. Then also we we can't we can't go and undercut the achievements of some other black men who have become world champions like Moose, um, yeah, like Big E, like Kofi. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's other men of color who've become world champions. And, and it's, it's, it's where it naturally happened. They were over. That's where they got there. Whether they were heel, yep. whether they were the baby face, they were doing their job to the utmost of their ability. They were either putting butts in seats to see them win or putting butts in seats to see them lose. Now, for me... I've not been, you know, I haven't been very quiet on the issue when it comes to anybody backstage or whenever it comes to even publicly speaking about NWA and me wanting to be world champion. Right. That's something that 
you know, to shed a little bit of light of what happens backstage, Pat Kenny, uh, Nick Aldis, I mean, even even Billy, they've they've been like, yeah, no, we can see that happen. Mickey James has ever been even been like, well, yeah, you you say that can happen. We believe it can happen as long as you're willing to put in the work, as long as you're willing to continue on your path of improvement and keep doing the right things that you're doing, you know, still stay still stay in a positive light backstage and then also continue to grow your brand and continue to grow in front of that audience. Inspector that you do. And in and, and to have the audience see you the same way that we do here backstage, yeah, we have no problem putting the world title on you. There's not going to be anybody in that company that's going to hold me back from that. And that's that's one of the big differences between now and let's say even 30, 40, 50 years ago is that, hey, it didn't matter how over you were, you're going to have someone that says, eh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, let's, let's calm down. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you may be, you may be Where over, is he from now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're putting butts in seats. You're the reason why people are coming here to see you. Like, you're the baby face that's the, good, that's the guy on top. You are a top baby face, but uh, we can't we can't do that one. That's a little bit tricky. Yeah. And so, yeah, listen um, here, Tyrone. We're not going to put you on the belt on you. Just, you know, yeah, yeah. you're selling out, but yeah, yeah, that's how it is, you know. Yeah, it's like, but we're going to keep, we're going to need you to keep putting those butts in the seats, but we're not going to, we're not going to go that far. Oh, yeah. yeah we're never yeah. going to have a champion beat you clean, but they'll beat you every time. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a different environment now to where it it feels more like at least wrestling for for a black male that's in, in one of these major companies. Uh, when we're talking about these world titles, it feels more like a meritocracy, which is kind of what I always envisioned the business as. And it's kind of as you got older, as I got older, I realized that not everything in wrestling has always been a meritocracy. Sometimes it's been a popularity contest and sometimes it's been a, uh, it's, it's been a bit of a racial divide that, yeah, you can work as hard as you want, but you're only going to get oh so far. Now I don't feel like that's exactly the case. Even with the, the whole controversy they had with AEW, uh, it's, it's something that I feel like when it comes to those wrestlers that people were saying we're being discriminated against and we're getting this time to shine and weren't able to be pushed the way they need to be pushed. I felt like that is still something that's a meritocracy in the people that are there that people are saying, Oh, this guy should be world champion. This guy should be champion. This guy should be in the top card, blah, blah. blah. I feel like they'll get there because I have that much faith in them. Those people were naming off that everybody's like, Oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? I feel like they're good enough to do that someday. Mm-hmm. It just isn't their day right now, but it will right. be. These are people who have all the skills, all the talent, and they can be just as over and they have all the potential to do that, just like I do. I would never want and this this is where this is where I can have an issue with some sides of that controversy, is that sometimes people just want to give them a world title because they're black. Right. Because you yeah. don't have anybody else who is black that's holding that title and not because of the fact that it makes sense, not because of the fact that they're over, not because of the fact that they're good. Just, right. hey, you're black and you're on this major promotion. You should have a title. I don't feel like I should have a title yet because I'm not ready to have a title yet. Right. Who knows what's going to happen? Look at me. Look, look at our promotion. We put the title on a black guy. See, like, watch us. We're diverse, kind of like that thing. Like, no reason yeah. for it. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, and, like, I asked that question because I feel like, honestly, that out of all the wrestling promotions, I feel WWE does that. I feel like it's kind of one of those things where they're like, okay, 
you've you know you've complained and you've tweeted and you've been on social media talking about this so we're going to give you what you want for a little bit and then we're going to go back to the status quo because i mean they did it with kofi they did it with Big E just recently. Um, they've done it. Yeah. Done it with Bobby Lashley. It's like we're going to. They did it with get, Booker T. Yeah, they did it with Booker T. And, and, like, and WCW. So just because yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, it was something going on in his contract. He didn't agree with it, so he just walked out. Yeah. So they just handpicked Booker T, and they're just like, "Oh, here you go." Yeah, bash at the base. You 2000. know. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I can't, I can't personally speak to WCW just because when I was growing up, I was a WWF kid. Right, when it comes right. to, I, I got to say that I respectfully disagree when it comes to Big E, when it comes to Kofi, because they were legitimately over. Kofi mania was a thing. Yeah, it felt somewhat like a very similar line of tread like they did with Daniel Bryan mm -hmm. whenever that happened at WrestleMania 30, if I remember correctly. But with Kofi, he was extremely over. That gauntlet match did so oh, yeah, much that was amazing. in the eyes of the yeah. fan as a world champion him those those few weeks those few months leading up to wrestlemania and him fighting daniel bryan that made him feel like a world champion that's where like you know the whole idea of a meritocracy and that any match could be your start making match any match could be the one that turns the tide to make somebody look like hey they're not just a mid carter they're not just this guy who's right. going to be dependable or a gatekeeper no this guy could be a world champion it, it takes a match it can take a single promo just like it could to knock you all the way back down. If you're really over, it's one bad promo, one bad match isn't going to knock you down. I mean, because I'm and sure. And they did that with him and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> with him and Brock Lesnar, they put him right back down with having him lose to Brock Lesnar in 3.5 seconds yeah. on SmackDown. Yeah. It's and, like, you know. <laughs> like Mims was saying, I, I completely agree. Big E was over. Kofi was over. I just feel like they gave us what we wanted. For a little while and then it was like okay now we did that we don't need you to be quiet while we go back to the way right. things were and i just feel right. like as far as i feel like that needs to change because there's a lot of black wrestlers who like y'all were saying whether like they may not be there yet but it's like you've got to put that time in and the company has to put that time in and trust you to get there and i feel like that wwe doesn't really do that as much as other promotions do because i mean you I look at ring of honor and jay lethal yeah. i mean jay yeah. lethal you know he put in the time he even left went to tna came back put in more time and they saw that he's putting butts in seats he's the best guy for the job put him in put him in there as world champion and then he has one of the longest reigns ever i mean it could it could be done i just feel like some promotions just don't want to put in that time and that's this effort. is where this is where i would argue this is this is me arguing for kofi and for biggie even though i'm going to explain why they did that this is me also understanding a bit more of how the booking would work when it comes to Biggie and Kofi, I'm extremely big fans of the New Day and everything mm -hmm. that they've done. They've been a big inspiration to what I do with my career currently and how I've learned to let go and not walk on eggshells so much and be myself when it comes to my character on television because my character is just me. The thing with Kofi and with Big E is that they are not, they are not yet on the same level of a Brock Lesnar or a Bobby Lashley. Mm -hmm. Those guys are seen, their their gimmicks are literally their destroyers. They're guys that come in, wreck stuff, and leave. That's how it works for Brock Lesnar. That's how he gets his heat. I mean, we can go back to when he beat the Undertaker streak. 
That was a mauling. He destroyed The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Same thing they did with John Cena. He came in and wrecked John Cena. Multiple different pay-per-views. He just beat on this man. Same thing with Triple H. Same thing with Seth Rollins. Same thing with Finn Bauer when they finally had that match that I was so excited for and it did pay off. Even with even with Dean Ambrose, that's kind of the style of match that he has. Same thing with Goldberg. That's what he does. So with Kofi being so over, that was the point of having him get squashed so quickly. It is a gut punch. It is a, for lack of a better term, it is a kick to the nuts. Kofi was booked very strong almost his entire reign. He had a pretty decent reign. He was there for, what, eight months? And then he didn't look bad as champion. I mean, because if you want to argue about somebody looking bad as champion, I absolutely loved his reign as champion. I thought he was a really good guy, and he deserved to have the title. But Rey Mysterio was booked a lot weaker. He was losing all the time. With Kofi, he was winning most of his matches. Mm -hmm. He just came up to Brock Lesnar and got stopped real quick because that's how Brock Lesnar works as a character. He's supposed to be the shock and awe. You don't think this is going to happen. This looks real. I mean, look at look at what happened between him and Randy Orton. The first match they ever had together outside of the dark matches they used to have on SmackDown before they actually got on the roster. He, he beat him down so bad people thought Randy Orton was seriously hurt or maybe he was in a coma, concussed, something like that because he bled hard way. Is that the mm-hmm. SummerSlam Summer match? Yeah, oh, yeah. split him yeah. open with his elbow. Yeah. It was shocking. That's what Brock Lesnar does. He shocks and he destroy. He gives you that old school heel feeling of, wow, this guy just took everything from me that I love. That's the same reason why it happened to Kofi and why it happened to Big E is because of the fact that these guys come in, they wreck stuff. They're dominators. They're 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 for lack of a better term they're they're butt kickers i mean that's the same thing that would happen with big e and that's not how big e or kofi's gimmick is they're fun loving guys that'll come in here and get the job done and they're very dominant when it comes to the tag team division but as single stars they don't come in as people who just dominate and maul people that's not their gimmick so understanding how that is that's like let's say for example uh killer cross taking the title off of keith lee Keith mm-hmm. Lee's gimmick is not of a dominator, a destroyer, an absolute monster, but Killer Crosses, that is his gimmick. He needs to come in, beat somebody up, have it almost completely one-sided, and make it look like something that's going to make your stomach turn. That when you love this baby face so much, you're just like, oh, I love this guy so much. He's so great. You need to feel upset. The fact that we feel like Kofi was robbed, the fact that we feel like this was something that made us so upset by seeing Kofi come out there and get destroyed, none of us expected that. That's the point. That's the reason why they did it. And with Brock Lesnar, like I said, that's that's how he gets his heat. That's how he stays relevant. He has to come in and beat up our favorite heroes. He's a heel. And then again, like still with the whole idea of drawing power and people being on their level, Brock Lesnar is demonstrably their biggest box office draw right now who still comes back to this company regularly who's still an active part of their roster Brock Lesnar is the guy who puts all the butts in seats I'm not saying Big E doesn't I'm not saying Kofi doesn't I'll buy whatever they're selling I bought a bunch of their merch and I bought tickets just to see those guys and anywhere they go I'm willing to follow their career but Brock Lesnar is not always not not just somebody who is definitely years ago just for his two-year run when he first started qualified for being in the hall of fame but he is still doing hall of fame quality stuff right now and doing hall of fame quality work as a heel right now this is how it's supposed to be it happened exactly like it like it was supposed to you should want kofi to come in and kick his butt that's what we all want right now you're being worked the way you're supposed to oh 
Wow. So I'll go ahead and get on, on another question <laughs> because, well, that, thank you all, all three of those answers. I mean, those are all great. Um, and another one, and this, this is one of the questions that I've actually sent to all three of you and Joel as well. Um, just last week, female wrestler Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon, which, by the way, I will pick her to win the Women's Royal Rumble every year. Yes, <laughs> Even That's if she's not in the WWE, I'm still going to pick her to win. But she was a target of an audience member shouting racial slurs at her. Has this ever happened to you? And if so, what was the outcome? Anybody go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go happened. first. Oh, go ahead, Joe. You go. You go. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go after you. It has never happened to me before. Uh, I've heard of it happen, and I've heard of fans, you know, correcting that fan in this time and era. Like a lot of people, you know, the fans usually kind of police themselves nowadays. It's kind of it's kind of cool, but it's never happened to me. But I have heard it happen to a couple of people before. But thank goodness it hasn't happened to me because if it happened to me, I'll. I don't know if I can stay in character as being Mr. You know, yay me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Joe? Yes, it, it has happened to me. I'm not gonna listen from I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say the promotion, but uh it was it was in the South and uh I was coming out of my entrance and I just heard uh the big N word coming from behind me. I don't know where it came from. And uh, it just a whole ball of anger and fire came above me and I broke character. And I, I really wanted to, to do some crazy things, but uh, the promoter threw him out though. So yeah. they threw him out. So it was, it was very hard for me to take that. <laughs> so I instantly was, you know, curses. <laughs> 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 I couldn't hold frame with that. Right. <laughs> no. So oh, yes, it's that was the first time and that was the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I've had uh I've had one show I can actually remember and it wasn't it wasn't I, I didn't think it was gonna turn out the way that I thought it that it actually ended up doing. Uh as far as the the big old N-word, the one with the hard R getting thrown around. That was something that my sister and my girlfriend had heard at the time while they were at this show. And they definitely, uh, when they got there, they saw some things that uh, kind of coincide with uh, the political leanings of some people who happened to belt that word out for fun. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, ah, we're kind of suspecting something like this is going to happen. And I was like, ah, nah, it's, I've been in places like this before. It's not, this is probably not going to happen. They'll, they'll get mad. They'll probably wave their Confederate flags, but they're not going to, they're not going to pull that one out. And for me, I personally didn't hear it until I saw a video later. Uh, I definitely got the uh, mop headed monkey. I got, I got that one. That, that was, that was something that like, I give people a bit of reprieve when they call somebody a monkey nowadays, not saying that that's always a racial thing because some people just use that as nicknames for their kids. Oh, my little monkeys are walking mm-hmm. around and you know, they're, they're not black. So <laughs> they're not, right. they're not meaning it in a derogatory way. So I was just like, okay, I'm gonna let that one slide. She just called me a mop head because I have dreads mm-hmm. and I didn't think the monkey thing was a racial <laughs> story. Definitely could have been, probably was in this instance, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna let this go. Uh, it was, I was working heel and I was with Luther X. We were, we were, uh, at the Tracy Smothers Memorial show 
Now, I was honored to be on the show uh, to be able to have a tribute to Tracy Smothers because he's somebody that's been so influential in a lot of people's lives. Me personally, I didn't know him like that. I've only seen one match of his in person, and it was at, I think, the very first Tried and True Pro show we had. And so it was, it was a lot of fun for me to be out there for somebody who's been so important to a lot of the guys who trained me and brought me into the business and be able to be alongside them and also be opposite side of the ring from uh, Crimson Jacks, guys who brought me into the business who also were influenced by Tracy Smothers and were among his network of people that had their lives changed for the better because he was around. But coming in there as a heel... You know, I, I didn't really think of any, anything of it. Me and me and Luther were the only black guys in the car. We were in the main event, so I was happy about that. We come out. I didn't expect to get called the F word plenty of times. And I'm not I'm not talking about the fun word with mm-hmm. the CK at the end of it. I'm talking about the other F word, the, the, the one will get you in big trouble. Uh, lots of that. And, uh, you know, other 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 things I shouldn't be getting called by children. These were oh children Lord. doing this at first. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, where are oh, you? Yeah. I broke character because I'm supposed to be being heel here. And I was told, like, Jackson told me before, and he was like, yeah, man, you know, go out there and heal it up. But, you know, just try to keep your language clean because, you know, it's a memorial show. And he was like, definitely. He was like, if you can, don't say the N-word. And I was just like, ah, I'm not going to do that show. I keep my mouth clean anyways when it comes to these shows. Nah, it's not going to happen. And so I go out no there. One to the that. No one told the fans that. No one tells the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. I'm hearing all types of itches and ums and whatnot. And <laughs> I've never been called this on a show, even when I've been heel at other shows. I've never been called this many names that I could not repeat on this uh this 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 interview because these would be uh, where, are the, where, are, yeah. the where are, like, are the parents? Where are the parents? I pointed to a lady in the crowd. I was like, are these your kids? Are these your kids? She was like, no, they're not my kids. Nobody knew whose kids these were, but it was like five or six kids screaming at me the hardest, the absolute hardest. It's like, where is your mama at? What is the I was trying to, they, they I thought was trying of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They thought of it. It was taught. Yeah. That, that's something that's taught, man. There, a kid, kids are not just going to come out saying, saying all that other, you know, all these names. It was taught somewhere, if not their parents, their aunties, whoever. <laughs> Somebody yeah. taught them. Yeah, that's why I want to know who taught him because I'm like, who, what, how dare you? Like, I, I would have gotten reamed if my mom heard me acting foolish at a, at an event like that. And oh, the, I would oh be, I wouldn't man. be here now if I was, <laughs> if my mama caught me acting that way. <laughs> He's right. right. I'm, you know, I've, you know, Dwayne's mom, nicest woman in the world. I don't want to mess. I don't want to uh, make her mad. <laughs> yeah, she's not to be messed with. No. <laughs> I mean, it's I, that, I it's that old school generation. You don't mess with that generation. Uh-uh, I don't exactly. know what it means. I feel bad when I cuss at a wrestling show, even if, like, let's say I get hit by something that stiffed me a little bit too hard. I, mm-hmm. I try to bite my tongue on that one because I'm so afraid of saying something stupid I shouldn't say. So my rule is always when I come out there, no matter what the show is, hey, they can say whatever words they want to say. I, I don't need to do it because I'm not going to be the person like you never know who's saying it. They may yeah. be saying something and they may be over with that crowd or just over in general where they can get they can get by on that one. I'm be the first one to go on NWA television and say the F word because some hit me a little bit too hard or I busted my lip and that's the end of me. Right. So I'd rather right. I'd rather not do that. I'm not that over. Um hey, I'm currently I think right now I'm I am a mid carter. I'm not I'm not top of the car. I can't get over that one. No. Oh. Oh, oh. Dwayne. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had one, but I can't think of it right now. You can go ahead with another oh. one. It'll come to me in a minute. 
All right. Um, yeah. And speaking of which, yeah, I've every once in a while I hear my son just come up with some word. I'm like, where'd you hear that? Um, it's school. I'm like, it's like, no, no. No. <laughs> yeah, he he. One day he dropped a c word right here in the house, and all all of us looked at him like, "Whoa, what?" And he actually didn't realize it was a bad word. And we're like, "Don't ever say that word again." <laughs> so anyway, um, so have you ever had a promoter or a booker or agent, et cetera, ask you to do something you felt could have been disparaging? Uh, and granted, now actually, that's just talking to everybody. It feels, seems like everybody's actually worked with more than one organization because that's one of the things I put in there. Hey, if you've only had one organization you worked with. Please don't feel obligated to answer, um, because I wouldn't want you to get in trouble with. Yeah, know, we don't want you. We don't want you burning any bridges or anything. Yeah, but. Um, you know, and I'll give an example. Uh, Tony Atlas and Joylan, you know exactly where I'm going with this one. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, uh, oh and God. around 1995, mm. Tony Atlas he had he had returned to the WWF. They had him portraying a character named Saba Simba. Yep. I do exactly. Oh. <laughs> Uh, thank, thankfully it didn't last a real long time you know and because i don't think it got over because people looked at it like what are they trying to uh no um well you could see when they came when he came out you could see the crowds like um am i supposed what? to hear this or <laughs> boo or I mean, what this are is, they this doing is, and this is tony atlas uh, and you, you can tell tony atlas was just like I'm, he just, need, here he the, needed I'm money. just here for the check. Yeah, he needed I'm money because he was in a bad way at the time mm-hmm. as far as money went. And so And I feel like they took advantage of that. I feel like they're like, okay, he comes back to us. He's needing a job because, you know, he's fell on hard times. So we're gonna give him this just insensitive gimmick, mm-hmm. knowing that he's gonna do it because he needs the money. So have any of y'all ever experienced anything like that? Not me. Mm. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, yeah, I, I know men. <laughs> he, he said, "Not me." I stayed. I, I stayed. I stayed home from this uh, promotion that tried to give me this gimmick. I didn't even. I didn't even show up. Again, it was in the south. They wanted me to do a Cinderella type gimmick, and I said, "What?" And they wanted they wanted me to wear a dress and do a Cinderella type gimmick, and I said, "All right, well, I'm I'm not interested. I'll, I'll be staying home." What? Mm. What? <laughs> yeah. How does how does that I make sense? <laughs> Just off the of principle. Where are you going in the south? <laughs> you are having horrible experiences. Where are you? I'm going? not gonna listen. I'm not gonna listen to from promotion. But I was I was I was I was given that, and I said, uh, you know, I didn't accept it. I, I, I wasn't interested. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what state you're in. I'm like, good lord, what's going on? <laughs> in the south, no wonder he's staying in Ohio. He came down south, and he was like, never it was not, again. It was, not, it was not in the NWF. I know that. That's that's my yeah, definitely not NWF. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even treading the waters. He's like, I ain't even going down that road. <laughs> no, I was about to say. The only person who should have a story should be uh, Devin, because I, I know exactly. Oh no, I knew. I see. I knew you were gonna say something. I knew. I knew you were gonna. I should have. All right. So yes, I have. Um, little inside joke. Little, little little inside joke about you know all my wrestling buddies and everything. But yes, I was uh trying to uh, debut at this promotion. 
I will not say where or anything <laughs> like that, but people can, people who know me will know what I'm talking about. And I already have my gimmick, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the dog, you know, D-O-G. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pitching me to be the uh, new Kamala because I'm a bigger guy and they wanted me to be a, be a Kamala, you know, paint my belly uh, uh, white yeah, come and out, have the little swirl on my face. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I have a gimmick, you know, it's kind of like junkyard dog, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like a newer, newer right. age version of it, you know, up to date. So let's give that a whirl. I'm like, yeah, all right, we'll see. Was over like Rover and he was PO'd about it. Like I, I had the whole crowd, which was, was predominantly white mm-hmm. barking for me. So I was like, <laughs> stick it. The entire time I was there, like I was there for about like four months and I was just like, each time, stick it. So yeah, that, that was, that was mine. I, I used it as like motivation. I'm like, I'm not going to play this uh, character. That's definitely going to be offensive in this time and era. I'm going to show that, you know, my character can get over, like it's, it will work. And I just stick to my guns and I, you know, just kind of prove, prove him wrong and prove some other people wrong too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's my story. I know Lim's over here just cracking up at it, but I was like, ha ha. Real funny, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's I just, mine. I don't get it where they'll try to like, hey, you're African American. How about you play an African gimmick? Like, bro, <laughs> you, you know, you know, they they came on slave ships. My culture got washed away. I'm not, I'm not a real African. I'm an American. Exactly. Since this is yeah. not something I lived through, don't make me be something that I'm not. I understand that a lot of wrestling is where some people are acting like who they aren't. Where they turn up their personality to eleven, or they're doing something completely different, something they made up themselves. Right. But you're just like, hey, how about you act like you're from Africa? Because you're from Africa, right? No, no, I'm not. Like, Maybe the no. closest person I could think of in recent memory who had something like that that they did was Kofi Kingston, where he had to act like he was Jamaican. The guy's from West Ghana, like he, he's 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 from Ghana, bro. Yeah, yeah. He, he was raised in he was raised in Boston. But like he's from Ghana, like that's the closest thing I could think of that you could probably ask him to instead of doing the Jamaican thing, yeah, Apollo, do an African Apollo. thing, yeah, yeah, or Apollo, Apollo, like uh, what do you do the Nigerian gimmick? Mm-hmm. Yep, and his parents are Nigerian. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah he, his mean, parents are Nigerian. His parents are Nigerian. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's from totally fine. And I thought people were pooping all over that, and I was like, no, he looks like he's Nigerian. That. He's probably like actually been to Africa at some point, and his family is probably very involved in his life. I can believe that, and I and I'm fine with that. That I like that because also when we did the gimmick, it was actually really good in my opinion. Maybe it didn't go everywhere it was supposed to, and that's that's kind of where you get into a booking thing here and there. But you know, honestly, I thought it was great. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, that's the closest thing it felt like to an African gimmick that could actually work. Adwell, you remember uh, the question? Yeah, I got it. Um, my brother and I have this discussion all the time. He is not a fan of the New Day or Our Truth. He views it as they're just you're out there shucking and jiving for people's entertainment. And Ooh. I don't Ooh. agree. I don't agree with that. But I want. I was going to ask you all what you thought about that. Do you think that they're do you? Do you agree that they're just out there shucking and jiving mm. for entertainment, or do you disagree? Mm. Oh, I'm gonna take that one. Mm. Uh, no, I do not believe they are shucking and jiving for people's entertainment. This is not me protecting myself as a wrestler who wants to stay in the wrestling business. 
this is not me saying this as a fan. This is me saying that, you know, there's black people like this that act like this. I'm somebody who I like yeah. to be a little bit goofy. I'd rather not take everything seriously. Yeah, that, Comedy is extremely <laughs> important to me. And I'd rather be able to laugh at everything than be serious and be hard all the time. Like you, exactly. you got a lot of yep. these dudes out here and they, they, they come from the hood or whatever, and they got to be hard all the time. And that's not something they do on purpose. That's not something they want to do. That's something they have to do because of the environment they're in. It's like being mm-hmm. in prison. You got to right. be, yeah, this dude who's like, hey, I'm ready to go at any point in time. And psychologically, yeah. that does that does mess with you. That does mm-hmm. leave the stain that leaves damage to your brain if you're constantly in fight or flight mode and you're always switching on to fight because you always got to look over your shoulder. Right. And the thing is, these guys either may or may not have had those lives. But also when they're in this ring, when they're out there in front of these people, do people want to see that all the time? No. I mean, exactly. and also, yeah. do they want to be that kind of person all the time? Honestly, it's tiring. If you've always mm-hmm. got to be on guard, it's it's like it's being in that 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 permanent mindset or acting like that, especially whenever you feel like that's not who you are, especially if that's not who you are anymore. Why why do you have to do that? Why do you have to be this certain idea of a black person that somebody else has, even if it's right? It's still something that I feel that is insulting or offensive. If you're saying, hey, I don't like this idea of black people, they come up with themselves, they should be like this. How are you any better? Then white people who may say, oh, no, well, I always thought black people were going to be people with drums and dancing around in circles and painting their faces. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought black people were. You're not going to do the yo, homie, yo thing. You're not going to do that. No, I being black is just it's just a part of my skin. Mm. color. It can be who I am, but I don't have to be a specific black person, especially when I go on television, I'm whoever I want to be. Right. I'm exactly me. And if you don't like it, that's cool. You don't have to be yeah. a fan of me, even if I'm a baby face. If you feel like I'm sucking and jiving, that's cool. That's that's fine. You ain't got to agree with the gimmick because you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And, right. You know, I understand that in wrestling, some people want everything to be all serious, and I can get that. Biggie is somebody that I was given direct advice about backstage in NWA, and they were like, "Yeah, I like his idea of his character, and I think that's something that you can kind of work into your own way yourself, where he is just being himself, and whenever it comes to you know promos and other stuff like that, for the most part, he's happy-go-lucky until somebody gets on his bad side. That's yeah. when he takes a turn for the worse. That's when he gets in the ring and he's gonna beat the crap out of you. That's when he's gonna be like, okay, yeah, all, all that play play is over with. We gonna we gonna handle this real quick. Right. Yep. And I so, agree. And our truth he's shown different facets of himself with that too. He's been serious. He's been a jokey joke character. He's just doing what he enjoys. Who cares? I feel like this is when some of the people that are woken are a little bit too woken and they need to sleep, get some sleep or something like that. Because if <laughs> if you go to right, if you go to a barber shop, <laughs> cutting up all day from yeah. open to close, cutting yeah. up. I mean, that's the beauty of the barbershop. I mean, you go exactly. and just, you have all different you're kinds yourself, of conversations. You're loose. Exactly. Yep. So what's, what's wrong with someone going into the wrestling business and like Mim said, be themselves. So yes. they're cutting up. Yeah, we, we get serious here and there, but overall, a lot of us are goofballs. Like yeah. always <laughs> cracking jokes on each other, droning, talking trash. We're goofballs. So People would want to see that. That's not juking and jiving and a tap dancing and an old mm-hmm. WB. You know, that we're not doing all that stuff. You know, it's just like who, who we are. We're some goofballs. Right. So it really just sticks at me 
when people are like, oh, you should act a certain way because of, you know, because you're black. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to act like? Because like Mim said, like you're, you're just as bad as them, you know, telling me, you know, it's just as bad. Like, who, who are you to tell me who I'm supposed to act like? You get mad when they, you know, want us to be these savages or like these thugs on TV. Mm-hmm. But then when we're being goofy, you're also picking at that too. Like, so what are you wanting? Like, can we not just be ourselves? You like, cannot what, what? Yeah, win. Right. You cannot win. But most most importantly, what's the most important thing and what, what gravitates people towards our truth or towards the new day? It's because it's, it's, it's the same thing with Ricky Starks. It's the same thing with The Rock. And, and, and it'll be the same way with me when I get to show more of that facet of my character. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having fun. They're going out yeah. there and they're having fun. People yeah. want to see people go out there and have fun because it's infectious. When I see somebody else having fun, I want to do that. You see people at a party having a good time. Do you not want to be at that party having mm-hmm. a good time? Yep. You don't want to be around the person who's angry trying to kill somebody every five seconds. Now, there's a place in wrestling for destroyers. There's a place in wrestling for the always angry and aggressive guys. And that's typically on the heel side of things. They're there to ruin the good time. They're the mm-hmm. wet blankets that come in there and ruin things. But when I'm a baby fan, Face. Is everybody going to see me be the most angriest guy in the place? No. I mean, Booker T had plenty of funny segments. He had plenty of segments yeah. where he was a little bit goofy, where he was just having a good time as a baby face, even having a good time as as a heel. I mean, the whole, king, the whole king gimmick. You could tell he was having a ball. Right. He's had, right. Being the king. And it's like, yeah, I agree with y'all. It's like there's, you know, there's not one way to, you know, there's not one, there's one way to be black. There's no singular definition of Oh, well, that's what it means to be black. It's like, I, I enjoy the people that go out and have fun with it and are being themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with everybody else on the panel, man. Um, there, look, there's different, there's different forms of yourself, okay? Biggie, our truth that's their natural self. They've even mm-hmm. said that in uh, a podcast, not a podcast, but I was watching something on, um, um, what's that app called? Paddock, uh, what is it called? Uh, Peacock. Uh, it was, Peacock, uh, yeah. Big, yeah, yeah, it was Big E Chronicles or something. Um, and he even said himself, he admitted himself, I'm a nerd, I'm a geek. You know, this is my natural self. I love to be goofy. This is just mm-hmm. who I am. But I'm pretty sure if you was to test B- Big E, you'll see a whole different side of him. Yeah, you don't want that. You know? <laughs> You know, it's the same thing with me. I tell people all the time, I'm not hard all the time. I'm, I'm a, I tell people all the time, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I look, still play video games. I still watch cartoons. I still watch Rugrats. But, you know, I try to keep that warrior hidden in the closet somewhere. I mm-hmm. try to not bring him yep. out. Okay. Yep. But if you test me, then I need to yank that chain and say, hey, I'm not the one. So it's, there's different forms of you. You know, yep. you don't always have to be hard all the time. You know, there's a there's a time to be goofy. There's a time to be serious. Yep, yep. And like you no. like you were saying, Joe, about keeping that warrior in the closet, because once you let him out of that closet, it's hard to get him back in there. Oh, oh then everybody's right. going to be like, oh, you, you need to calm yeah. down. Why exactly? So you need, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. As of right now, black people so all, yeah. 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 It's like they push I'm, you to that point and then wonder why you're angry. Right. Right now, talking to you all, I'm Joseph James right now. I'm Joseph Eugene's right now. Right, Joseph Eugene James right now. I'm not Joe Pro, Mr. Intensity. Right. But if you pull my card, then I turn it to Joe Pro, Mr. Intensity. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen Joe Pro, Mr. Intensity. I saw him last night in the ring. 
personally in Mount Orb. Yeah, not a man you want to mess with. <laughs> yeah, big, big DC and Titan, you know, we, we got to score. I got to score to settle with them suckers, man. <laughs> yep, and I'm, I'm probably going to be there to watch it too, so. <laughs> uh, so um yeah i'll take the, i'll take the next question um kind of falls in love what we're talking with have you ever had to work with someone suspected to be at the very least an extremist sympathizer an example being dick murdoch um back in the day because uh, supposedly he was a card carrying member of the kkk mm-hmm. well. yeah, yeah um yeah a lot of that came out after he died but yeah, how hard was it to work with somebody like that if you ever had to, or how hard would it be to trust them in the ring? Whew. Luckily, I've never been through that, and I personally wouldn't work with somebody like that. I mean, I've uh, I've only just not gotten to a point where I'm like comfortable with saying what I am comfortable, what I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with. And if I even know somebody's on the same stuff, like there's a couple key phrases you can say nowadays. To where I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't work with this dude. Right. Uh, but luckily, I haven't been in that kind of situation just because, you know, I I don't do too much stuff on the indies nowadays. It's mostly just all NWA stuff. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't even let somebody like that in our locker room. Like, it's it's politics is never usually a thing in our locker room. We have people from multiple different sides, whatever, all in that political spectrum. And people have their opinions, they talk amongst themselves or people who have like minds, and that's fine. And nobody ever brings that up to where we're just like, hey, well, you know what? I'm not too fond of those black people. Nobody ever does that one. <laughs> and if they did, they wouldn't be in this company anymore because that's one thing that isn't tolerated from the top to the bottom. Nobody's going to tolerate anything like that. So luckily, it's just a, it, that's just a fan thing. That, that, is not a, that is not a wrestler thing for the most part. Be hard stuck to find that. And any people that I've suspected of that, uh, there's a few people like promoters that I've reached out to that wouldn't even take a look at my message or either because I had uh, somebody as a proxy for me to introduce me to those Mm -hmm. people. And then afterwards, once that proxy was no longer there, they couldn't be bothered. It Uh kind of made me understand like, hey, this isn't like this is somebody that I've given my resume to while this proxy was a part of this conversation. I've sent it off to them, and then whenever it comes to doing business outside of this proxy being there, oh yeah, I had no interest in doing business with this guy anyways, no matter what. Right. And right. it's like I'm not the greatest wrestler in the world, and you know I can still potentially be somebody who's not really a name per se, even though I'm on television, I'm doing this and blah blah. There's still not really a point to completely ignore somebody when they hand you a resume that has any notable achievements on it at least for what i've done so far because i mean like and i don't like to like blow myself up and be like oh i'm the greatest thing here i'm the greatest thing ever but i'm somebody who's in a major promotion i'm a talent that's on television with with a very well-known promotion and you kind of just look past that and never even give it a second thought it's kind of like something that kind of clicks in my head that i'm like eh, this this isn't the first thought that comes to my mind but i'm like that may be the only excuse here right because who wouldn't who wouldn't jump at the opportunity to do that? Even if I was like in another major company that's still just a smaller, smaller, let's say like MLW or something or GCW or any of the promotions that aren't one of the top, top, top major promotions. And all they need to hear is that. That's it. That's, mm-hmm. That should be the only thing they hear is that, hey, this person's in a major promotion. 
whether they're whether they're you know enhancement talent or they're a low carter they're a low carter mid carter top card guy you've got somebody who's in a major promotion this should be something that you sell out your stuff for or try to push as hard as possible mm-hmm. but whenever you completely ignore that and eh, that tells me something joe uh no i've never had that issue thank god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cause I, yeah, I know. Roger. That's one thing I can say. Uh, yeah, I've never had that. I hope I never have to run into that problem. Yeah, cause I'm, I'm quite sure Roger won't tolerate it. Oh no, not at all. How about you, Ben? I actually haven't ran into that. Thank goodness. But um, you know, a lot of the places you know I go to, and then, you know, and I've even talked to some of the old crafty vets in the NWA too as well. When I was like in that locker room too, and then some of the locker rooms I'm around. Like I talked to the old vet and I asked them questions about it and like they they hear people like you know back in the day that were like that and they they just like best thing to do is just kind of venture away from them like you need to stay away from like certain people but I've I've definitely heard that it there are people out there like that I'm not gonna say any names or stories that I hear but you know it's just it is out there it's more of the older it's not, I haven't really heard any of like the today's wrestlers but it's more of the older wrestlers if that kind mm-hmm. of makes sense that are still out there right. we're getting some kind of weird feedback on somebody's can you hear that like yeah coming? yeah it's not mine Mim, you breathing in there hold on let me <laughs> No, nah, it's not mine. I kept muting it over and over again to make for sure if it was mine. Let me or check. Not. Let me check. Let me check mine. No, it's not mine. Uh, well, let me see if it's mine. Here. Uh, oh, no. Well, uh, no, because I could still hear uh, it even when mine was muted. Uh, maybe something we, I don't know. Um, we mute mine. <laughs> it kind of disappeared for. Yeah, it's kind of coming and going. Yeah, it, you know what? We'll power through it. So yeah, it um, that Dwayne, your question. Um, I, my question is, um, what kind of like, who do you see as you know black wrestlers that are up and coming that you could see being big stars in wrestling not necessarily now but you know in the future i'll go ahead and say mr Miz probably gonna tear up nwa here soon <laughs> i'm gonna say that he, he gonna tear up the nwa here pretty soon uh just all I got to say is that when we get booked in the match, you better uh, be easy on me, you, you, you punk. Don't don't do me do me dirty. Hey, you about do me dirty on live TV. You already know exactly what I got chewed out for. Whenever I was, uh, I didn't go out and squash Deontay in our little dark match. You know, Ricky Morton got in my butt about it. He was like, "Hey, brother, you better, you better make for sure you're squashing these guys or whatever." I, I, I can't believe what said. I got to. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and squash and disrespect you, boy. But uh, if we're if we're just talking about black wrestlers. Um, I mean, I would say, like, just, just looking at other people in major promotions, it's easier to talk about them than other people I see on the indies or whatever, because you never know what can happen. There's so many variables with the indies. Right. Um, 
Jade Cargill, like she's she's someone that's like pretty much got everything down. Is just yeah. you know, hey, working out the kinks here and there. We all have kinks to work out. I'm still I'm still pretty green. Like three like almost three years in. Like I'm 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 a little bit short of uh yeah yeah no no I'm a little bit short of four years now and I'm still super duper green. And I mean, she's been able to do a lot in such a short amount of time. And then also you have Powerhouse Hobbs, who's somebody that like even Homicide, like all the time, he'll still compare me to the guy. And he's like, hey, the reason I'm comparing you is because this is your competition. This is your direct like, hey, there's somebody else at another promotion that looks like you has a similar feel to you. And you've got to be better than this guy. You guys are the opposite side of the coins. He's a heel. You're a baby face. This is somebody that uh, I mean, I can definitely agree with like a uh, Cornette or anybody else who's seen any of this guy's matches. This is this is a guy who can be a world champion. He'd be a world yeah. champion somewhere. If it's not going to happen in AEW, it's a matter of time before it happens anywhere else because the guy like he's the total package and there's not there's really not much to fix about the guy because i mean everybody has something they can fix from the top to the bottom nobody's perfect in wrestling but this is somebody that there's not a lot of glaring issues he knows exactly what he's good at and he's working out there exactly to all of the strengths same thing with the ricky starks ricky starks like i mean hey i was i was still you know talent enhancement around the time that ricky was in the nwa mm-hmm. i had seen him whenever they brought him in for nwa 70 when he worked out of his ring crew this is somebody that had world champion written all over him and this, this is somebody that backstage i'm not sure his direct interactions with people but i know the interactions i have with people about him they were like yeah no it's a matter of time before he has this world title around his waist that's oh yeah, Ricky Starks is great. I don't think he gets enough credit for his work. Oh yeah, no, he's fantastic. I'll sing his praises all day long just because he deserves them. I mean, the guy is he understands especially in AEW because he has talking. And yeah. he's fantastic in the ring. There's plenty of NWA matches you can go back and see and see how good this man is in between the ropes. But also, if you understand how wrestling actually works, you understand that profession- the wrestling inside the ring takes an extreme backseat to what you do on the mic and what you do with your character. Your character and your mic work are the two most important things, and wrestling is a distant third. Mm-hmm. And so he's good at all of it. Yeah, that and he's especially good to the two most important parts of it, and 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 that's that's what I'm saying. Like this is this is somebody just like Powerhouse Hobbs. These are both guys who are should, if not having belts right now, they should have belts in their future. They should be holding whatever they want to hold. They should have that world championship push at some point or be in those main event those main event places. And I, there's there's still plenty of people that are still rising up. I mean, hey, my time in Impact, Chris Bay was somebody who was extremely good. This is somebody who's good on the mic and with that character work and in the ring. He's doing something great with Bullet Club right now. He's yeah. going to know what variety that he needs, but this is somebody else who he's already been X Division champ. He could be world champ at some point. I don't put that past him. Yeah, you weren't in Impact that long. I remember that. Oh, no. I have you a little there. two matches. We did our little ring stuff about two years, and that was it. Funny story oh, about Ricky Stark, uh, real quick. Funny story about him. Uh, the last tried and true pro event we did before COVID smacked everybody in the face was survival. Um, what uh, Ricky was just, you know, chilling with the guys in the back, and he was really messing with one of the ring crew guys, uh, Chris. 
for Saints. And when Ricky came down to the ring, he literally was just like, hey, man, get up and walk me around the ring. Like, he literally hopped up on Chris's back and had him walk around the ring. And I'm over here being ringside security, trying my hardest not to laugh because I heard them just messing around in the locker room. So I was like, Ricky's just a big goofball, man. He's a, he's a real good dude. So but I definitely see him being a champion for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, y'all vacuuming out here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, actually, it's something in Joe's end. Sorry to call you out, Joe. Because uh, I, I was going to go through and like, mute everybody one by one. Um, I'm putting my, my, my charger. I'm, I need to charge my phone. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. All right. Um, we'll tell you what, Joe. Okay. Uh, I will probably mute you until I actually ask you like a question directly to you, um, if you don't mind. Go ahead. So, yeah, we only have a, yeah we only have a few questions left for me, and I know from Glenn as well. So there it went. Okay, so um, but we can still see you. So if you ever if you ever have a you know you want to say something, just raise your hand. Like we're in school, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Glenn, is it my question or your question? Yours. Mine? Okay. What was your reaction when the video of Hulk Hogan using racial slurs uh, surfaced? Uh, hold on, Joe. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and unmute now. <laughs> there he is. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, man, that was uh, man, that was very hurtful to me, man, because I, ever since I was a five-year-old kid, man, I've always looked up that Hulk Hogan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was sent to the principal's office several times because I would mimic Hulk Hogan. I would be, you know, flexing my arms and going up to the teacher and saying, well, let me tell you something, brother. And I would just keep doing it to her. And she was like, Joe, she was like, Joe, cut it out. And I, I was always the class clown growing up. And she would say, okay, go to the principal's office because I was mimicking Hulk Hogan. I always be trying to rip my shirt and, you know, jumping on tables. <laughs> so, um, he was a hero of mine, man, and, and when he did that, that, that was uh, definitely a, a gut punch, you know, because at at that time it was just I was just at a loss of words. I, I wasn't sure if his was uh, out of anger because his daughter, because you know his daughter was dating an African American yeah. at that time, so I don't know if, if it was heat that he had against the, the the guy that she was dating, or if that's how he really really felt about us in general. So. Um, but when he made uh, uh, a world uh, apology, uh, that definitely put me at ease, and I forgave him. So, but for the for uh, for the uh, few months, uh, it, it definitely was heartbreaking. Though I didn't know what to think at that time. Mems, Ben, either one of you. Oh yeah, uh, mod's pretty short and sweet. Um, I ended up seeing the video because, you know, just morbid curiosity. This is before the controversy came out, before he sued them and basically had the Streisand effect happen. And if he wouldn't have sued people, people probably wouldn't have really thought about it. Right. Um, honestly, whenever I heard it at first, it was kind of, it was something where I think if he wouldn't have used the hard R or the N word in general, it probably would have been perceived a little bit differently as some, light racism instead of like you know that hey i'm gonna put on a hood and burn a cross type racism which is something that's 
that's more that's a lot easier on the ears and something you can rehabilitate a lot easier than a i hate them all i've always hate them the rest of my life i just hate him i hate him i hate him and i never felt like he from that conversation especially because it was so candid he didn't know he was being filmed if there was a serious hate in his heart i'd it'd be it hit me a lot different obviously upset me because i thought Hulk Hogan was pretty great growing up and um with with kind of digesting what he said uh and then hearing his apology it, it makes me think that maybe he's a different person now and he thinks of us in a different way i've never felt like he's somebody who's actually had a serious hate for anybody of color at least black people in general it's just you know the superiority complex him feeling like he's above us as a people that's where it still kind of disgusts me there but it's something that you know as somebody who would rather make peace then make issue and would rather work things out instead of go to confrontation. It's something that shows me that at least that's a jumping off point. It's a, it's a teachable moment instead of like an outrage moment. Yeah. I, I was not really like, I was like really Hulk Hogan, really. Like I, I love Hulk Hogan growing mm-hmm. up, but then honestly, I stopped liking him uh, during his reality show. I'm like, all right, I really don't really like Hogan. And then when that started popping up, and then like the whole controversy thing popped up, and then he said that, I was like, yeah, Hulk Hogan's not for me. Now I'll still sing his uh, his theme song, uh, the Real American song, and <laughs> I love Voodoo Child, but uh, you know, overall Hulk Hogan, I'm just like, yeah, you, you know, I get it. You apologize. You made that mistake, but you know. It's it's I'll I'll compare it with the uh, recent situation. It's not like it was Randy Orton. Completely different because because we heard about the Randy Orton one, mm-hmm. but it's it's I mean two I different did. you know. Oh, you didn't know about Randy Orton? Oh yeah, no. Tell me about it now. I'm hearing about it for the first time. Oh, Randy Orton was pretty much playing Call of Duty, and then he was just you know he didn't call anybody that. It was more or less, he was just like, you know, I think it was more, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say it here, like on the thing, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't like Hulk Hogan. He just said it like he was like, let's go. And then, you know, he said it, it wasn't towards anybody. It was just how he just said it. Oh, it's, so it's like a Morgan. It's like, it's almost like a Morgan Wallen situation. Yeah. Morgan yeah. Wallen situation. Yeah. 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 Those ones are still just like it's 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 not a jealousy thing, even though some people say, oh, it's a jealousy thing. They just want to say it so bad. No, I, I hey, I gotta be honest with you. If I was white right now, I'd be like, man, they say this word and it sounds so cool because the way they say it, how they say it with such swagger, man, I just want to be able to do it too. Right. And that's kind of how they get into that, where they're just like, oh yeah. Whenever, whenever I'm not in public, man, I'm saying it all the time. Whenever I'm listening to my favorite song, you know, I'm I'm belting it out, brother. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and that's where like with right. those people, it's <laughs> it's never a situation where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm upset because hate is the thing I'm upset about. Seeing yourself as superior because of the fact that you were just a different skin color, that's what upsets me. But if you're just like, oh no, it's just a really cool word and I like saying it. That's something that doesn't really bother me because, hey, there's there's a lot of words that people shouldn't say anymore or should never said, and they just sound cool. And, and, and I, that's yeah, yeah, right. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, you're on mute now. And, no more humming. 
Right. And th- well, that's the other thing that put my mind at ease too. Uh, Stevie Ray from uh, Booker T's brother from Harlem Heat, Harlem Heat, he had a podcast going a couple years ago. And when he was giving his thoughts, he said uh, uh, Hulk Hogan is the blackest white guy he, he's ever known because he's always hung around black people. So that's another thing that made me like, you know, kind of relax a little bit. I, okay, maybe he's just been around black people a lot and it just naturally came out, you know? Because he said he's never he's never treated him like that or or Booker T that way because he he's the one that uh, elevated their career, right? You know, so uh, he said uh, Hulk Hogan has always been cool with him and always treated him uh, like a good friend. So uh, yeah, yeah. I was about to say is that that was, that was even after Booker T actually called Hulk Hogan the word. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that promo. I still do that. Is, that is my promo. favorite yeah. promo to this day. Yeah. Nothing. The pipe bomb. The yeah. Cody's promo. No, no promo popped me more than that bot promo <laughs> by Booker. I love it so much. As soon as he said it, he was like, "Oh, you know," he thought, "Well." I'm gone. That's it. <laughs> I, I have that video saved on my phone for any moment I will use. <laughs> I, I have another funny story. Yeah. Stephen Ray even said in, in that uh, interview, too, he said uh, when Booker T slipped up and said that uh, the next day in catering, uh, Hulk Hogan came to him and said, well, hey, I hope I'm a good end. <laughs> That's what he told him. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, I love, uh, I love. Luckily, Devin wasn't uh, in our training school just yet. I think we were working on promos. It was one of the few days we've ever worked on promos. And I said something to where I ended up. It sounded just like I said that. And the first thing Crimson did was like, "Oh, I think you just had a little bit of a Booker T moment, didn't you?" But <laughs> <laughs> Miguel just started screaming out. He was like, "Oh, you said it! You said it!" I, I'm trying to focus on finishing oh, up this God. promo, and they're all just like, "Yeah." So who you who you coming for this time? Say it again. <laughs> who you coming for? And I can't even remember the word which I slipped up on, and it, it definitely wasn't that, but it was something that could kind of sound similar, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just like the wrong flick of the tongue, and that's where they're just like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh okay." I was thinking they were all taking my promo seriously because I didn't even know I messed it up, and they were right. all looking at me <laughs> laughing, and I was just like, "What are you guys laughing about?" I was being serious. Uh, sure, you. Yeah. It's like okay, all right. <laughs> Um, hey, Joel, what's your question? Oh, you can go ahead. I don't have anything else uh, right now. I have, uh, well, actually, I mean, I'll actually throw in another question, kind of tacking in the last one. But, um, when the last WrestleMania, when they were in Tampa, when Hogan came out with, with Titus, did you feel they did that on purpose just to kind of almost play damage control? Or do you think it was him and Titus are maybe sincerely friends? Why not both? Um, Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely think I can, it was both. Uh, what, what the Titus thing, Titus is really known in Tampa because he lives in Tampa. Like, he actually was one of my oldest – my oldest sister lives in Tampa, and she was running for uh, student council down there in district, blah, whatever district it was. And he was one of her sponsors and everything that, you know, supported her. So – Tyson, you know, he, he, Titus is really known in Tampa. So I think I am going to say it was damage control because you're in the city of Tampa. Your host is from Tampa. 
he's over in Tampa, so why not put Hogan with him just to kind of hey, he, if Titus is cool with Hogan, why not Tampa? Let's let's be cool with Hogan. I, it didn't work because he got moved. It did not work, but no, no it didn't. Work I kind of I would say it's more damage control, just because of what Titus does for the city of Tampa. Yeah, and Titus is just a legitimately good guy, so yeah. it's like I think they were oh, kind of great. hoping that would you know kind of rub off on the whole segment, but no, they they weren't falling for it. Uh, what do you think, Joe? I believe it was both, man. I, I mean, to me, it just seems like they had natural chemistry when they were out there, so uh, I think it was a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay. Um, and my last question, uh, you know, Joel and I, we've said a multiplication on this show. We are not fans of qualifiers, and by that, I mean, you know, saying somebody is pretty good for insert demographic here you know oh he's pretty good for a black guy she's pretty good all for a woman things like that we have, yeah we have never been fans of that um have you heard anything like this said about you and how do you react when you hear things like that i've never heard it in a wrestling setting i've always heard it you know growing up or whatever uh just because uh sometimes for some women who weren't of color that i ended up dating uh, they like their parents may have been like, "Hey, well, he's he's not too bad of a, of a black guy." I mean, I thought he was gonna be different, and I'm like, "I'm I'm a child. What? what why is this a qualifier for me?" Did you or ever get the? People, did you ever uh, get the? He speaks so well type of thing. Yes, I I get that all the time. I I do too. He still gets it. I get. He still gets it. Yeah, I got it from another. Black go to uh. Our team, the Carswell Eagles, had folded just because of some some with the, the head coach. I, I think legally I'm not supposed to say anything. I'm sure he got mm-hmm. solved. That was back in 2012. But I was going to go to a team called the Christian County Outlaws. And their coach, he was a retired military, big old ball black guy or whatnot, kind of looks like your typical drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got on the phone together because they were they were trying to recruit me hard. It was uh, them and another team that were just trying to recruit me so hard. They would come to my job and do this. And so he ended up talking to me on the phone. Coach Keith, he's just like, I'm surprised. You're so articulate you're enunciating what you're saying. I, I didn't think he would speak like this. They showed me pictures of you. I didn't know you would speak this well. Man, do you play golf? Because I play golf. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know how to take this. This is the first time I'm getting this from another black man saying, hey, I didn't expect this of you. I was like, yeah, my mother uh, taught me to speak proper English because it was very important. Not right. not for like, oh, you want to get a job? No. She she took a very high value of my education. I did too. So that's why I don't sound like I have an accent. Like the only, the only time now that I'll hear something similar to that, and it's not something that has to do with anything with my blackness, is that people are surprised I don't have a country accent because I'm actually from Clarksville, Tennessee. Right. And they'll think, oh, Tennessee, you should have an accent. You should sound Southern. You should speak a bit slower and have a bit of more of a draw to what you're saying. And I think I think Billy might even said that at one point. Or either uh, Pat Kenny had been like, yeah, I'm surprised you don't have a Southern accent. And I was like, yeah, no, it's just, yeah, I just don't have one. One lucky enough to I get one. all the time. I rib him all the time about his proper English. I'm like, oh, here comes a walking thesaurus over here about to drop some big old bombs. I will, you sorry, said I'm something so earlier. And you said something earlier in one of the questions, and I was like, there's a word I've never heard. And I was like, this is a serious question. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. 
but I forgot the word that you said earlier. And I'm just like, oh, there's that thesaurus coming out of him again. All these fancy words he's using <laughs> always. Hey, I like my vocabulary. I take it very seriously. I, I am a very verbose person. And that, that no, works in some situations. <laughs> very verbose. <laughs> oh, how, about, how about you, Joe? That, anything like that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was what they were just said. I was told that all the time too that I have I talk very proper for a black dude. You know, different jobs that I've had uh, in the past, like I've worked a lot of factory jobs, and I've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me, you know, you talk so proper, you know, <laughs> and they will ask me what school did I go to because I went to Indian Hill my last four years, and they said, okay, well now I see why, <laughs> why you talk like that and why you act like that and why you dress dress so proper. So not only the way I talk, the way I dress too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. People still expect that out of me in my high school because like the high school I went to was uh, Kenwood and uh, oh. they started calling it Ken Hood. So it's just <laughs> a, lot of our, a lot of our alumni like to get into a little bit of legal trouble after they get out. I think some people I graduated with uh, some of them are in jail for murder charges. Actually, a couple of them are in jail for murder charges. Uh, definitely plenty of them got in there for armed robberies or breaking and entering and stuff like that. Uh, and it's people that some of them you would expect it. You see their name on you see their name on the book and log and like, yeah, that makes sense. Some of them you just you wouldn't expect because it seemed like they were just doing something to look like they were a lot harder than they actually were. Yeah, they just carried around a gun because they were trying to like you know perpetuate some sort mm-hmm. of image or standard for themselves. And they were just like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta look like I, I, I don't take no junk off of nobody. And they end up getting in jail for the X amount of years. But nah, it's I, I don't have that southern accent. I don't have that uh, very aggressive tone to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a, just a different type of dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, with me, I it's the it's the talk for me too. Like I I have like I do have the country accent. I don't hear it, but sometimes people do. It does come out. But overall, I don't I hear really it right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, do you really? Oh, okay. Well, well, I guess it's there anyway. Um, yeah, it, it's really the the little the the language stigma I get. Unless you get me riled up, then when I get riled up, then it, you know, it kind of changes on you. It's more country, but it's more of an urban country. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, I guess, I, I don't know. It, it's weird to me. I don't know. It's like, why, why I got to talk a certain way? I don't know. Just because I know the source, like, like Mims over here. <laughs> and first, here you go. I can't stand it. Why y'all talking about that? I don't understand it. <laughs> Uh, it ain't that bad. It it ain't that bad. Okay, excuse me. It isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, it is not that bad. My apologies. Uh, well, Dwayne, I don't have any more questions. Um, no, I don't either. This has been an a, amazing podcast. Guys, I appreciate y'all coming on. No problem, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe. I had to mute you for a little bit while we were trying to figure out whatever that that humming was. But then once I unmute, I was like, "Yeah, there you go." So when I gave a thumbs up, I realized I gave it during a weird thing. <laughs> they was talking about. I was like, "Oh my god!" I hope they don't think I'm like giving a thumbs up for like something negative that was just said. I was actually giving. Oh a no, thumbs no, no, no. Saying, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You remember that part where Hulk Hogan said the N word? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so, 
go problem. Hogan. All right. He had the ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Although I will say uh, last night, uh, Joe, you remember how uh, Wildcat's wife, you know, she was selling some of the merchandise right there and she had some of the yeah. figures. Guess yeah. what one of the figures yeah. was my son bought? The Hogan figure. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I mean, he he doesn't know any better, so that's I'm like, okay. But I'm right, sure, right, right. Yeah, so I made sure we also got the Jeff Hardy figure too. You know, okay. You know, so uh, you got to dilute that purchase a little bit. Controversial <laughs> purchase. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. You know, I was like, yeah, because yeah, he doesn't know any better right now. So, and he's not being taught that kind of language in this house. And he, if he's learning at school, well, he's going to unlearn it real quick. Right, uh, right. You know, so. Uh, because I won't have that mess in my house, you know, just to be kind right. of, but, but to be as family friendly, blunt as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just want to thank the three of y'all for coming on. You know, this has been absolutely great and wonderful. Um, you know, and, you know, um, well, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what else to say, Joel, I'll be honest with you. I mean, cause yeah, this has been great. I mean, really yeah, has. It really has. Thank y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was fun. No problem. It's always good to have like conversations like about racial issues that like don't make people feel awkward because, right. you know, a lot, you know, Steve, a lot of, you know, a lot of white people, you know, they don't want to talk about racial issues because they feel awkward or they get defensive. And, you know, they don't want to be put in that position. But, you know, I respect you for wanting to be on this show and wanting to ask questions and talk about these issues. And, you know, to me, that means a lot, because, like I said, you know, it, it puts people in awkward positions and you, you yeah. weren't really shying away from it. You wanted to learn and ask questions. And I and personally, as me, I, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, no problem. I mean. Well, I've been awkward around Jwaylen now for over 30 years. So, <laughs> yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been friends since we were juniors in high school. Yeah. You know, and that's wow. why we, we even look alike right now. I mean, look at this. Yeah. I'm jealous of that beard game. I yeah. shaved mine like a dummy. Man, it took a long time for me to grow mine. <laughs> well, I have to use some of that to make it old, man. They said that works. I've heard that. I need to, I need to give that a try. They said that and something about minoxidil. Really? Helps. Yeah, and Durban, and they said also if you Durbarol twice a week, that, that helps stimulate the growth. Oh, and that's okay. what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So I'm going to try that, man. Get that Rick Ross beard going on. <laughs> I wish. I'm not going to do it just because I'm going to get sad because I'm bald. So I'm like, oh, I can grow my beard at will, but I can't. You know, oh, that's, yeah, that's the best look because I shave. Well, my, I usually shave my head, and that the beard, the bald head, and the beard works great. Uh, Joe, yeah. Joe already knows this, but I may be bald on top. But hey, yeah, you got yeah. Well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't. I mean, and y'all were talking about the barbershop a while ago. I was like, yeah, I haven't been there in four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on another kind of thing, one of the things I was also really hoping to do was to kind of network between the different organizations like Joe being in Cincinnati and Mems being in Clarksville and Devin uh, Devin uh, being in Murray, you know, I was hopefully, you know, connect because Mems, did you happen to meet Big Mama last weekend? Were you at the Oak Grove show? I was, but uh, hey, your boy likes to respect kayfabe. So I, I was recovering from the heart punch that I took. Ah, so I didn't okay. really get to go out and work my merch table. My sister and my ex-girlfriend got to work my merch table. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, Big Mama, she's big part of the NWF. So, hmm. um, 
you know, so I didn't know maybe, you know, there may be a connection there between you and Joe and of course and Devin as well, because, and Devin, you said you've actually heard of Sinclair, Octavius Bentley. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Big Mama, who, she, where, where is she at? Cincinnati. I mean, but was she there visiting, uh, was she there visiting somebody? What, in Oak Grove? She was there part of the show is what I understand. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I can tell you more about her once we're no longer recording, but um, okay. But yeah, but that's one of the things I also I, hope to to kind of accomplish here. I think I met her. You I might think have. I, I think I met her and talked to her. Yep. So, um, but before we go, does anybody have any any last words, any last messages for anybody? Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Outside of uh, hey, don't. If you're going to say the N-word, because it's a fun word to say, and I definitely recommend it. It feels good rolling off the tongue, you know, uh, with the A instead of the hard R. Uh, just don't get caught doing it if you ain't supposed to be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it on stream. <laughs> play your favorite song when you're not on camera. Only play the edited version when you're around other people. Don't get caught. <laughs> Uh, how about you, be, be at a stoplight and just see them just saying it. And I like I know what you're listening to at that stoplight. You're not muting yourself. You're the only one in that car. I know <laughs> you're singing those songs. <laughs> um, Joe, any last words for anybody? Uh, I'll say this: if you if you're gonna say it, don't say it around <laughs> Joe Cole, Mister Intensity. I'm saying it around me. <laughs> I like to turn up. <laughs> it sounds like Joe Pro's about to call somebody a job turkey after that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's getting intense. I was like, Joe Pro's about to call somebody a job turkey. Oh, wow. Don't oh, say around me, job turkey. Uh, we have like 1978 right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe P hit me with that old school saying, don't say it around me, brother, you child turkey. Ben? <laughs> uh, That's an insult right there. Oh, uh, you know, hey, love everybody. You know, just, you know, just, just love everybody. You know, that, that's all I got to say. Hey, I, I'm, I can, I'm a softy. I can definitely get down with that, so. Uh, I'm a softy. But in that case, I'll go ahead and say my last words. Thank you once again, gentlemen, for coming on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely stay in touch because it's been a while since we've seen Devin and Mims. And, Joe, I just saw you last night uh, at the yes. ring. In, at the ring, Emmanuel. Let me, let me clarify that. You know, so <laughs> when I say I just saw you last night, some people can make, take that like, mm, what? Mm, okay. No. But, <laughs> but, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Ohio different. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio's different <laughs> but until we all can talk again I'll just go ahead and say see you later and God bless God bless guys yes sir have a good one